Do you believe that everything in life is written? Yes. You do you believe it? Yes, 100%. You believe that you were the chosen one? I I believe well look the beauty of it comes in not knowing what is written for us. This is why we work hard. This is why we stay disciplined. There are always three ways to deal with emotions. So first of all, you could dismiss the emotions. The other one is to accept the emotions and deal with it. And the third one is called and in front of everyone. My future is in doubt. My career is in doubt. My opportunities, my contracts, everything, everything was in doubt. The first solution to a problem is to first know that there is a problem, but more importantly so to accept that there is a problem. So the sooner you accept it, the faster you'll deal with it. But in the moment, it's so difficult to control your emotion. How do we do that? How do we build up that resilience and that block and not allow other people to control us? There are two things. The first one is sometimes the best thing to say. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. So, welcome back to Millennial Mind. You are one of my favorite guests. (laughs) And also, (laughs) you're also one of my favorite people, I think, as humans in the world. You have so much positivity and so much wisdom. You're, genuinely, I feel like I'm. I'm so happy to do this with you again. You messaged me, and I'm like, "Yep, 100. percent Like, no problem. Just yeah. tell me." No, honestly, even when I messaged you, I remember I told you, you know, like I just want to sit down and talk. Yeah. So I was like, I need this therapy, and that's how <laughs> that's how podcasts are for me sometimes. Just therapy, you know, it gets my mind clear as hopefully as many people too. No, for sure, you are one of my most listened to episodes, That's and true. one of the podcasts that I often listen back to as well because you spoke so much around discipline, manifesting, visualization. But there will be some people who perhaps don't remember you. So, for people who don't know who you are, who are you, Zizo? <laughs> well, I'm Zizo. I'm the first Saudi Arabian professional boxer, champion. Yeah, <laughs> champion to be. <laughs> Yeah, the first one to turn professional internationally as well. And uh, yeah, ever since I've been here, the first time made much more history, thank God. And, you know, it's, a lot has changed and a lot has happened for that change. Mm-hmm. And it's just no better place to talk about it than here. The last time we spoke, you were getting ready for your fight. Mm-hmm. And you were fighting just before Anthony Joshua did. Yeah, yeah. And you won. 
So everything has changed for you. Mm-hmm. Talk me through it. I mean, fighting, I, I was, again, I, I always say that the milestones that I hit for my country or for me personally mm-hmm. is usually maybe too many small milestones, but to me, they're huge. Because yeah. fighting at the O2 arena, mm-hmm. I was the first Arab to fight at the O2 arena the first Saudi Arabian to fight at the O2 arena, you know? And so it's like fighting on the undercard of Anthony Joshua. That was crazy. And it was my second time to fight on his undercard too. So, but this one was in London. Yes. And it just felt so magical. You know, it felt so magical and it felt so huge and big that I had to make sure that I don't let the size of the event you know, or the size of what it means to me, mm. make me disregard the smaller sidesteps that it takes to get there. Because I tend to let that happen to me. You know, I tend to let the size of whatever I'm going through just let me disregard the small step achievements that it's taking me to that bigger achievement. So fighting on the undercard of Anthony Joshua or if it was the Jake Paul, Tommy Fury in Saudi, that was a huge one too. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's just been a whole roller coaster. It's been amazing. How do you not feel overwhelmed? Because I know for a lot of people when they've got something big happening to them, and let's just take this into perspective for some people who perhaps don't have to go to the O2 and fight like me. <laughs> but I, when I've got a big meeting or I've got a big presentation, or even if you've got an event that you're going to, it can feel overwhelming when there's such a large amount of people, but also such a large amount of pressure that is put on you. So in that situation, you're fighting in front of how many people? Thousands. And I remember the the biggest one for me personally, because of what happened in there, was the one in Saudi Arabia right mm-hmm. before the O2. Mm-hmm. Actually, just three weeks before the O2. And wow. I was co-main event. So it was, the arena was full at that time. And it was 25,000 people. My gosh. Yeah, that was... Uh, and walking through 25,000 people, and you're almost having to perform. I see it as that, in, in that sense. When you're giving a speech, when you're doing whatever you've got to do, you are performing because people have come there not to see scared, vulnerable, nervous Zizo. They've come to see a fight. Mm-hmm. How do you program your mind to not allow your emotions to take over you in that moment? I mean, you asked me that, how, how do I not feel overwhelmed? Mm. Like, how do I not feel like my emotions are taking over and all of that? And actually, the way I'd say it best is I do feel overwhelmed. <laughs> and I do feel like my emotions are taking over. But more importantly, so I accept that. And so when I expect, when I expect and accept my emotions taking over and me feeling overwhelmed before fighting in front of 25,000 people, that's natural. (laughs) Of course. But the sooner I accept it, the sooner and better I'm able to deal with it. And so feeling overwhelmed has its keys and solutions Mm -hmm. and feeling under pressure has its keys and solutions. But the first solution to a problem is to first know that there is a problem, but more importantly so to accept that there is a problem. So the sooner you accept it, the faster you'll deal with it and the better you'll deal with it. And that's that's just how I, I look at it. You said the people are not here to see a nervous Zizo or a scared Zizo or mm. an under pressure Zizo. Well, the people are here to see Zizo. Yeah. You know, what version of Zizo matters most is the one who is going to fight. 
Correct. What people see before that, if I'm nervous, if I'm under pressure, if I'm scared, all of that is natural to me. And my job is to make it natural to them as well. So if I let their opinions and their views or how what they're going to say about me or what they're going to think of me based on me being me mm. is just going to ruin the whole idea of managing the emotions. Yeah. So I just accept being myself and accept that people will have to accept me for being myself. Staying disciplined in that moment is very difficult, though. Yeah, definitely. I have had similar situations where I've had things going on and I've had to get, deliver a workshop and I'm deeply distressed at the time. And I almost see it as there is a version of me that you have hired mm -hmm. or there is a version of me that you've come to see and I have to force myself to become that version. And the way I do that is I think with the end in mind. At the end of this, do I want to feel that I have delivered And I see it as a very contractual agreement. And if I have delivered, fantastic, I can then go home and cry. And if I haven't, I'm still going to go home and cry. So which one am I going to do? How do you stay disciplined in that moment? I mean, so how do I stay disciplined regarding to, the expectations? Yeah, because it's, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. I've seen boxing fights where you have to walk through the crowd. Mm -hmm. You're in the middle. There are thousands of people screaming at you. God knows what they're saying to you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But some will be saying good things, some yeah. will be saying bad things. Mm -hmm. It is almost like you have to put a bubble around yourself yep. and not allow any of those people to impact you. Yeah. So how do you stay disciplined to being in control of your mind? Well, yeah, what are you saying to yourself? Yeah. So you mentioned what are they saying, the good, the bad, but what are you saying to yourself? Because people are only ever going to know as much as you show them. Mm. And so... It doesn't matter what you're feeling on the inside, what you think on the inside, whatever you project to the people, whatever you project to the critics, the supporters, all of them is as much as they're going to know. And <laughs> so just choose your audience. Know how much of yourself to give to each person and okay. trust people to be them. So if there's someone that I trust completely, then I show and give him then I show and give them 100% of myself. But if there's someone that I don't trust very much or I just trust them to be them, I know their characteristics, then I'm only going to give them 20% of myself, 50% of myself, only as much as they need to know. Because one day if they choose to come out for me or say something about me, what do you have to say if I only gave you 20 or 50% of myself, so how much do you really know about me? If mm. I only gave you, I only have shown that 20% or 50% of myself, so then it gets you to not worry about what the irrelevant people, people think. are going to say or think. So then what you worry about or think about is the people who are really close to you, the people who are really dear to you and know the most about you because then you take their opinions as something that will help you grow. But the people who know nothing about you or know only as much as you've shown them about you, then you really just take it in one ear and out the other. But how do you develop that practice? Because it's very, I understand what you're saying. I can't give everyone 100% of who I am because once I do, then I've given them the power mm -hmm. to really know who I am And therefore, I've also given them love so that if they hurt me, I'm going to feel hurt by it. 
But a lot of people ask me, you know, how do I block out the noise? Mm -hmm. There are people online who are being hateful towards me. There are people in my family who are not supportive of what I do. How do they block out that noise? Just acceptance. Accept people <laughs> to be them. Accept, you know, that first of all, you have to accept yourself. Okay. You have to accept yourself to be yourself because the sooner you become yourself and you act like your true self the faster you will attract what is actually good for your own self or the people who are actually right for yourself mm. but then if you are trying to act in a specific way just to get accepted by others then you are going to attract irrelevant others you know people that you are going to start expecting to accept you but they are going to come out and criticize you. But if you are just being yourself and you accept that I'm going to become myself, you are going to attract what's better for yourself and the right people to be around yourself. That's just how it is. All the other people, you need to just expect everybody to be themselves, you know. Expect the naysayers to be naysayers. Mm. Expect the people who are going to come at you in the comments to come at you in the comments, you know. Expect the haters to be haters. So don't really look at it in a sense where you're expecting something from someone they are, no, they are not going to give. You know they are not going to I give. I love that. You know? So we were just talking about comments on TikTok mm. and how harsh they could get. Yes. Right? Then start expecting that. Yeah. Don't start expecting a parallel universe where all of a sudden every single comment on TikTok is going to be loving and supportive. We already know that's going to happen. Expect it. And when you expect something like we spoke about in the first podcast, yeah. when you expect something, it doesn't shock you when it comes. You know how to deal with it. I love that because I think there's been certain situations in my life where I have looked at someone and I thought I've expected better from you. And actually, I think it's really true and a really great way to rise above it. Because if you say... That doesn't upset me because I expect that of that person's character. Mm -hmm. That person's character aligns with me not thinking they're a good person. And when they respond with something hateful, I expected that of them. So I'm not going to let it bother me. I love that. Exactly. It's so empowering. Exactly. In our first podcast, you talked so much around mindset, manifestation, visualization. And just before we spoke, you said exactly what you visualized about your fight yeah. happened in real life. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. So for those who don't know, in my second fight, it was also in Saudi Arabia. And this time when I fight in Saudi Arabia in front of my home people, mm. that crowd, I just feel like the pressure of the world is on me, of course. which is okay. But I feel better so even as a superhero. Mm. I feel like I'm that symbol of hope, right? Yeah. So then I was co-main event. So right before the main event, a very full arena. Everyone is there, 25,000 people. And in the first round, I couldn't control my emotions. I couldn't control the crowd, couldn't control the emotions. I just wanted to deliver something spectacular to the people as fast as I could. Okay. And I thought, and I only thought about that. So when the first, round the bell rang I went and I fought with my emotions I didn't box I didn't use my skills I wasn't patient I wasn't really like 
cool down in the moment. I let the hype get into me. I was reckless and I got caught by a good shot and I was knocked down. And so I always visualized that moment, even that fight week. And I'll touch on visualization again. Visualization is the art of being in a moment in your mind before you're actually in the moment physically. Mm. And so you've been there in your mind for so many times. You visualize the moment over and over and over again with a lot of possible outcomes so that when you're put in that situation physically, it's the first time for the spectators, but it's the hundredth time for you. Correct. And so when I went down, I visualized it that I would take a knee, you know, just stay on my knees, regather myself mentally for eight seconds because I have to get up before eight seconds. Okay. And so I visualized all that. And that's exactly what I did. Visualized it. And when it happened, I followed that exactly. So when I went down to everyone else, it was eight seconds. But to me, it was eight hours. I thought about everything, everything. And I felt every single emotion you could imagine. I felt fear, embarrassment, anger, doubt. I felt it all, you know. And so there are always three ways to deal with emotions. And the time you are given to deal with the emotion is, is what's going to determine which way you are going to use. So first of all, you could dismiss the emotions. Just completely dismiss the emotions and try to go with your life without dealing with them. Mm -hmm. The other one is to accept the emotions and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And the third one is called parking emotions. When you park an emotion, it means I will deal with you in the near future, just not right now. Mm. And when the near future, when I say near future, I mean just an hour, okay. 30 minutes. I don't mean days. I don't mean hours. I mean just maximum an hour, two or 30 minutes. And that's what I was hit with. I was hit with fear, doubt, anger, all of this stuff. But then I had a fight to win now. And I had an even harder fight to win because I just got knocked down. And in front of everyone, my future is in doubt, my career is in doubt, my opportunities, my contracts, everything, everything was in doubt. So I parked the emotions because I need to fight. What happened is I got up, I fought, and I, I fought very well. It was a wake-up call. I stuck to my game plan and I finished the fight. As soon as they announced the winner, I wanted to go. I wanted to leave because now there's something happening to me that I can't control. These emotions that I parked are now coming back and they're like, you're going to have to deal with the emotions right now. Wow. And so as soon as my hands went up, I like I just screamed out of relief that I won. <laughs> I was am amazed and excited for three seconds. Okay. The fourth one, everything hit. I gave my post-fight interview, everything, and I'm walking back to the locker rooms, rushing, because now I'm feeling that those emotions of fear, doubt, and mm. embarrassment, I really want to cry right now. You know, I want to go, I want to be alone, what just happened, all of this stuff that I was feeling in that moment, I parked the emotions so I could deal with the situation I'm in. Mm. But now that the situation is over, I need to deal with the emotions now. Now I need to deal with my own situation. As soon as I went into the doctor's office, because you need to get checked right after the fight. 
the cameras are all following me. Everyone, Zizo, 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 this, Zizo, that, the the Saudi, the Saudi guys. As I'm passing by the doctor, I told him no cameras. Mm. Just like that, very quickly. Mm. And he heard me, thank God. And he stopped all the cameras at the door. He said no cameras. They're like, no, no, no. And he just shut the door. Okay. He shut the door from here. And I opened the biggest door of emotions from the other side. Everything came out. Just, I was, you know, very emotional. And I was very upset. I was down. Even though these aren't the emotions of the moment. Yeah. I won the fight. And I did it in, in an amazing fashion. But it was the emotions that I felt in that moment. And I had to really just deal with them. Because, and I said that before and I have to say it again. People forget that part of containing your emotions is to sometimes let them out. We talk so much about control your emotions. Contain your emotions. You know, do this, do that, don't show this, don't show that. Okay, well, if I'm going to contain my emotions, part of it is to let them out sometimes. And I had to do that at that moment. So that was just uh, a moment where I just learned so much from visualization and how important it was to be in a moment so many times mentally. So when I'm put in it physically, I already know what to do. There's so many things you touched upon there, but one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about is that you're not you're in your body. It's how I imagine what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It is a really great skill to be able to not allow your emotions to take over you. When you've been knocked down and there's 25 or 30,000 people there who are probably going, oh my God, to be able to get up and to be able to put on a, on a face is how I say it, right? A mask. I don't understand how you're able to park your emotions. Talk me through it. Because there's going to be people in their lives who interact with people and they say something to their face. Yeah, let's just talk about it in in real life for some people. Someone will come up to you and be like, I hate your haircut. I hate your t-shirt. And in that moment, your emotion is going to be like, what? Mm -hmm. Really? That's a stupid example, right? But I'm trying to relate it to somebody not trying to react in that moment because I'm somebody who finds it very difficult to control my reactions. I've learned better now. I'm actually a bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, very nice. And then I go out and I'm like, you moron. But in the moment, it's so difficult to control your emotion. How do we do that? How do we build up that resilience and that block and not allow other people to control us? Well... There are two things. The first one is sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. Mm. You know, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. In a moment where you're met with that specific emotion where you have to either let it out or keep it in, you know. So you just have to sometimes stay silent and tell yourself that I'm parking these emotions right now because if I let them out Mm. and if I now rebuttal then they win yes right so whatever they said to you got to you mm. and whatever they were trying to do they did mm. and so do you really want someone controlling your emotions over you yeah do you really want someone to control your mindset what you say what, uh, do you really want someone to control your mindset what you think what you say except you mm. you want to be able to control that So when you let someone else let you 
act in a way that you wouldn't usually act, say something that you wouldn't usually say, then they've won. They've got you. And I always talk about calmness and chaos. And I've and I and I've talked about this before where I just keep saying that never sacrifice your morals and values to respond to chaos. And when I say chaos, I don't mean, you know, just uh, a time where so much is happening. Just no chaos in your mind, mm. chaos in your mind where you feel there's so much you want to say, there's mm. so much you want to do, but never sacrifice your morals and your values to respond to that. And all of this starts with patience. Yeah. So just have that patience where the moment you are in now where you're feeling that you are fuming, you are angry, it will pass. Yeah. And the thing with moments and time is time and moments pass and move on, not caring if we will pass and move on with them. They just go on. And so if the moment and the time moves on without caring if you will move on with it, how about you just move on with it, not caring what will happen in the next moment and the moment after. So treat time and moments just as time and moments are treating you. They will leave and go on regardless of how you're feeling, what you're saying, what you're doing. So you need to do the same. You need to move on and keep going regardless of how you're feeling and what you're doing. So just patience and calmness is always the first step to responding to that chaos or responding to unwanted emotions. You park them, you deal with them later. I actually think the first step is self-awareness. And that's what I love about you the most is you're so incredibly self-aware. And people often say, why do I need to be so self-aware? Why do I need to understand my emotions? If you think about an alarm, when an alarm goes off, you panic, Mm -hmm. right? You're almost like, what is happening? I didn't know this was happening. What is going on? A trigger is like an alarm. If I'm aware of my triggers, then I know that this is an alarm that I've practiced many times and I know what process to follow. I have to be patient. I have to be calm. I've understood this assignment. Mm -hmm. But when you have an alarm that you're not aware of, people go in a state of panic. They forget the rules. They forget the protocol. You have to first understand your triggers, understand what upsets you. So when it happens, you have a process. Mm -hmm. I already know that I'm insecure about this. And I spoke about this recently because people often talk around how to manage your insecurities and how to manage difficult comments. There are certain things that will trigger me and I'm aware of those things. And that's why I've said I've learned now to not be so reactive. So let's say I'm insecure of my hair, right? Mm -hmm. And we're sitting in a podcast interview and you're looking up at me. If I wasn't aware that I was insecure of my hair, I'm gonna think you hate my hair. And I might lash out at you. Why are you staring at my hair so much? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And automatically I'm showing you and reacting in a way that I perhaps don't want to be. But I'm aware of my insecurity of my hair and maybe I will be like, well, maybe he's just engaged in a conversation with me. Your awareness allows you to not be so alarmed by those things that naturally trigger you. And we're so afraid of saying we're triggered by something because we're so afraid of saying we're insecure. Mm -hmm. But everyone has their own insecurities. And the first step into uncovering them is to be aware of them. The first step in solving them is to also be aware. Some insecurities will never go. They will stay with you for the rest of your life. But your reaction is a thing you can control. And therefore, knowing that someone else has the 
ability to trigger you is the first step in not allowing them to control you. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the greatest things I've learned. Definitely, definitely. And the more you are aware of yourself, mm. the more you know about yourself, mm. is the more you'll know about people and the more you'll be aware in situations and know how to deal with them because you know more about you. Exactly. So the more you know about you, the more you'll know about situations. The more you're aware of yourself and habits, the more you'll be aware of people's habits and so morals true. and values and what gets to you. When you're speaking around visualization, you said you visualized being knocked out. So do you think you manifested it? And should we visualize bad things? Because your point is so valid. If you visualize something happening to you, whether it's a good or bad thing, when it's good, you won't be overcome by the emotions of ego and pride and joy. And when it's a bad thing, you won't be knocked down because you've already imagined being in that bad situation before. But by visualizing that situation of a knockout, do you believe you manifested it? You see, um, I'd rather visualize something that is very expected to happen. And if that means that it might be more likely for it to happen now that I've visualized it, then I'd rather do that, be prepared for it, for when it happens, than not visualize it at all. And so when it happens, I won't be able to deal with it. Mm. I won't be able to control it. And now something has control over me. Something has control over my emotions, my actions, and even my future. So being knocked down could make you lose a fight. If you get up and you don't know how to react or control yourself or stick to your game plan, you're going to lose the fight. Mm. But because I visualized something that is very natural to happen and very expected to happen in the field of boxing and in sports, then it's okay to visualize it so much because it's expected to happen. You know, for me to go and say I'm a boxer that is going to fight so many fights and never be put in a situation where I'm knocked down is very naive of me. And it's very stubborn of me. And so that's why we see some fighters not knowing how to deal with themselves after being knocked down, getting back up. They don't know what to do. They rush or they panic. Mm. And sometimes we see fighters lose and they never come back the same after that loss because they never expected that to happen. Yeah. But it's one thing to expect something to happen. And it's another thing to visualize something to happen because when you visualize something that's expected to happen, that means you've accepted it to happen, you know? And so when you're put in a situation where you've accepted and not only expected, you know how to deal with it much better than just not accepting it. Because here's the thing, the more you run away from your emotions, the more they'll run after you. But if you stand and you meet them, then you win. If you stand and you accept them and you go, you're on a collision course with them. But once you meet your emotions, you know exactly how they'll make you feel. And now you know how you are going to deal with that. And now you know how you are going to deal with yourself despite how they make you feel. Mm. The secret is not to change how they make you feel. You can't change that. You can't control that. You can only control how you react to how the emotions make you feel, not 
when the emotions are going to make you feel something or how the emotions are going to make you feel something. So when you accept emotions, you're able to deal with yourself and get on with your life despite the feeling of anger, doubt, compassion, love, fear, whatever the emotions you are going to feel or whatever emotions you are running away from, they'll just keep running after you forever and ever until you you know, stand your ground. Stand your ground as your emotions are standing theirs. How are you so wise? <laughs> You're only 23, right? <laughs> I've just... I don't understand. <laughs> I've seen a lot. I'm like a Buddha. A lot, <laughs> you know? Honestly. <laughs> you seem to be one of the very few men that I've met that don't have a big ego. And I say that not because I'm bashing men, but I think that for somebody who has achieved so much at your age so humble you don't have an ego at all in fact i feel that you are someone who's very much in aware that that can take over at any point do you feel as a man that it's harder to manage i don't look at it that way and uh, i feel like it's harder to manage as a figure mm. as a person who is looked up to or or looked at by a lot yeah. of people, you know, a lot of people are following his story, watching his fights. Maybe it's harder to manage then. But yet again, you know, I'm I'm expecting all of this because this is the road I chose to walk. Mm. So when you decide when you decide to go for an achievement or a goal, you need to learn that you are going to now live your life based on life's terms not on your terms you are going to achieve your goals and your achievements based on that road's term mm -hmm. not on your terms because if it was up to you you'd go and achievement you'd go and achieve it without any issues yeah if it was up to you you just go walk there and achieve all you want to achieve hit all your goals and go home retire and do <laughs> well but this isn't this isn't how life is going to work mm. life is going to throw something at you differently every single time and our job is to adapt and then overcome but our job is not to choose how we're going to achieve something or go for something based on how we want to do it yeah you could have your own goals and targets but at the end of the day it's going to be based on the achievements and the goals and their terms live life on life's terms not on your terms <laughs> so and that's what i was saying a few minutes ago when i got knocked down in the fight of course this isn't something that i wanted to happen of course when i visualized it and you said i might have manifested it, yeah that might be true but this isn't something that i wanted to happen but but it was what was written and sometimes what we want to happen is not what's written to happen and our job is to adapt to what's written and if we adapt properly that slowly becomes what we want and in doing so we just stay in the present when you stay in the present in a moment that is written for you and you maybe don't want it to happen now but when you stay in the present you get to see that the emotions you're going through now after you've went through them you're going to be like now i'm going through different emotions but how do I know what's written for me? Because you do you believe that everything in life is written? Yes. You Do you believe it? Yes, 100%. So you believe as somebody, as you were born, mm -hmm. there was no boxer from the Arab world? Uh, 
yeah. you believe that you were the chosen one? I, I believe, well, look, I, I don't like to go out and say that. You <laughs> I'm know the chosen I mean? one. Yeah, I, I can't go, I can't, I can't say that because what is given can be taken away at any time. Okay. What was given to me can be taken away in a sense that the rent is due every single day. Yes. It's not due occasionally. My prayers aren't due occasionally. My hard work isn't due only when I feel like now is the time to put hard work in. My hard work is due every single day because I have to prove to God, the universe, whatever you believe in, you have to prove every single day that you are worthy. Yes. You have to prove that you are worth what is given to you. And you need to accept that the minute you stop proving your worth, to the moments and gifts that are being given to you is the moment it could be taken away. But how do that's I... why I don't say I'm the chosen one. <laughs> I can't say I'm the chosen one. Yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, I, I believe everything is written. Even if it was taken away at any moment in time, that is what is written for me. Why? How do I know what's written for me? Well, that, the beauty of it is you don't. That's the whole point. And so how are we supposed to grow and evolve though? Mm. If you know it, how are you supposed to have faith in yourself or in the universe or in God? Where does faith play a part if we knew everything, so if we true. knew what was written? So the beauty of it comes in not knowing what is written for us. This is why we work hard. This is why we stay disciplined. This is why we look for achievements and goals to go after because we, we are looking for that security. Mm. And looking for that security is what keeps us going. But if we felt secured, we already knew everything that was going to happen, there would be no hard work, there would be no faith, there would be none of that. So the beauty of it is just not knowing what is written. But the struggle and difficult part of it is to adapt to what is being written. Now that is hard. And the best way to deal with adapting to what is written is to know that it's hard. I'm feeling so stressed in a moment where you're supposed to feel stressed. That's okay. Mm. You know, I'm going through a breakup or I just lost my job. I'm feeling so upset. I feel like I'm in a hole. Yeah. That's okay because you are supposed to feel like that when something like this happens, you know. But you need to always remind yourself that we learn more from those who go than those who stay. And that's what's written. You know, those who will go will go and those who will stay will stay. But who do you learn more from? What do you learn more from? Don't you learn more from the missed opportunities? You learn f more from the people who left you, the people who gave up on you. You learn more from these people than the people who stayed. Because these people teach you more about you. Mm. The, the people who stay just assure you that you know yourself more. But the people who go now teach you more about yourself. So, what a beautiful way to look at it. I mean, yeah. everyone always says to me, if everything's written, then why do you work hard? But you don't know what's coming. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. you must work hard. But I do, you know, th I'm, this isn't an astrology session, nor is this talking around mm -hmm. God and faith. But... I do believe that everyone has destiny mm -hmm. and it's weird because I'm very much like you control your life. Mm -hmm. But I also do believe that it's within, it's luck. Exactly. People say when I don't believe in luck, 
And I always say, well, why did why has something happened to one person and not the other? Because everyone works hard. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about let's take the pool of people that work hard. And some people make it and some people don't. And it is in their destiny mm-hmm. that, they, that they were yeah. meant to make it. That's it's not about how hard they work or how resistant they were or how resilient, whatever. Because there are some people who work really hard, who try their best, but it's just not for them. And the only way to describe that is it's not within their destiny. Yep. And the only way to keep going after knowing you haven't reached what you really wanted to reach, what you really wanted mm. to be, you haven't reached that. The only way to keep going and to come back from that is to just accept this is what's written for me. It's a story. Adapt to what's written for you because what is being kept from you is much better than what was taken from you. Mm. You know what I mean? So there is always something better being kept from you. There's always something better being kept for you when something is taken from you. Mm. You just need to accept to adapt into the situation you are. Accept what is written for you. And you said that we can't change what is written for us. Mm. Now, I am a big believer that everything is written. Okay. And everything, you know, life is written from the beginning to the end. That's what I believe. Okay. But I do believe it could be changed, though, because... You do that by proving your worth. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So the more worth you prove to yourself, the more worth worth you prove to what is being written for you, that can change it. So true. And so right now I'm I'm Zizo, the professional boxer from Saudi Arabia sitting in front of you. But if I stop working hard, if I stop training, if I stop doing all of this stuff, I can't expect my road to keep going. Of course. And so... This, this will change what is written for me. But right now, I'm on the road to accomplish everything that is written for me. If I, if I swirl of that road, you know, on purpose, then that's my doing. I love that. It's such a, such a powerful way to look at it. You talk a lot about having that self-belief and that self-worth. But imposter syndrome mm. is really tough at times. And there are times where you feel, I'm just not good enough. And I feel this a lot. When people say to me, you're doing so great, or, you know, well done on this. I'm always the first person to say, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I could be doing better. And I feel that sometimes I need to accept where I am. And recently when I reflected on, you know, it's been a year since I quit my job. And I reflected on all the things that have happened within the year. I felt really proud. But in the moment when someone tells me that, I don't. Because my definition of success is your, different from your definition. And what I've realized in this life is nothing will ever be enough. So I could get this accolade and get this award and have this achievement, but it doesn't feel enough. And something I re- re- recognize, and something I've recognized recently is I have to learn to accept the good that is happening instead of always thinking I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Because when will I ever stop then? When will it ever be enough? And I sometimes worry about that about myself is, when will I ever stop and appreciate it? I'm so new in my journey and I don't expect myself like to stop now and I don't want to. But I often think that, you know, what is it you wanted a year later after quitting? It was this. So why am I not saying, well done Shivani? 
I, I really want to touch on that because not only do I go through it all the time and not only do I feel it most of the time, mm. but also because I like how you said that when people tell you you're doing good, you go and you say you're not. And um, a few weeks back, I was reading the comments on one of your posts. I was commenting myself and I could see the comments. Yeah. And so one person said, and I took a screenshot of this. <laughs> I wanted to speak to you about it. But, you know, when I'm in camp, my head is all over the place. But I took a screenshot so I remember. And one guy was like, you go, Shivani. You're doing amazing. Keep going. Yeah. And you replied, it doesn't feel like it, but thank you. <laughs> You know, and so that's like you took the cup half full and you just emptied, emptied the rest of it out so and true. you now made it all empty. That one sentence, you don't know first how that sentence will affect you and how you think. But more importantly, so as a figure mm. and as someone even if you're not a figure, if you're even talking to someone, you need to keep in mind now, how am I going to be affecting this person? So true. How am I going to be an example to that person? So if this person is telling you, you're doing amazing, keep going, and you say it doesn't feel like it, but thank you, how are they going to approach their next achievement? But how this is where I struggle them? because look, I have a problem, I think at the moment, where I have to learn how to, exactly what you said, not put other people down for their achievements, mm -hmm. right? Because if they get something, they're going to think, well, Shivani's not happy getting that, then how can I be happy getting this, mm -hmm. right? But not only that, I never want to give a false picture of how everything is going. Mm -hmm. And some weeks, like last week, were really, really, really tough. But if I tell my audience how hard it is and how difficult it is and how awful it is every single day, that is not why they are following me. They are following me because they want me to inspire them. They are following me because they want me to motivate them. They are following me because I'm there to tell them after the event, this is what I reflected on, this was tough, and I'm gonna tell you how you can overcome it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel that if I keep telling them when I'm doing well, but not tell them when I'm struggling, it's gonna make them think that this is a smooth sailing road. Mm -hmm. And when you look at figures online, they're always telling you everything is amazing. And I've learned now, you know, even in a podcast I did recently, I, I felt I was really open and, and honest and I shared my deepest insecurities. Mm -hmm. And my message and my, my key value is always to make someone feel less alone. And so even if they attack me for those insecurities that I've shared, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, if there's someone who's battling through that same insecurity, I've helped them. My purpose is to help. My purpose isn't to show off. Mm -hmm. So how do I manage that? You said your job is to just show them when you're not doing well, that you're not doing mm. well and how you're dealing with it, but to also show them when you're doing well and how you're dealing with that, right? Mm. This guy told you you're doing amazing, keep going. Mm. And, you know, the thing is, Shivani, and I, and I really mean that, is you are. So the last time we did a podcast, you said I was at X amount of followers. Mm. By the way, the number you said is Wembley Stadium. And now Wembley Stadium, okay? That's the amount of followers you were at when we first did our podcast. And now you are at double that amount. So that's twice the capacity of Wembley Stadium. Can you imagine that? Twice the capacity of Wembley Stadium are following you and the people watching your videos could be even more. Mm. You know, so 
you are judging your present achievements based on last month's achievements or next month's achievements. That's what you're judging today's achievements based on. Yeah. So you're judging you of today based on how you were doing last week or last month or how you think you are going to be doing next week or next month. But then how are you supposed to judge you of today when all you keep thinking about is you of yesterday and the you that could be tomorrow? We don't own yesterday because it's gone and we don't own tomorrow because it's not promised. So the only thing you own is today. What you put out today, how well did it do today? You know, yeah. what the interviews that you conducted today, how well did they go? How good were your questions today? How yeah. is... You know, the person who's doing this podcast better today than they were yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow again, so because true. like I said, it's not promised. Mm. So that's why I feel like you're holding yourself back. And the only reason why I'm saying it so perfectly is because that's how I feel. Yeah, I feel the same way. And that's imposter syndrome. Mm. So imposter syndrome is where the people and what they think of you and what they're saying about you gets you one to think you are not that good you are not of that much value as they are saying or they think mm -hmm. and two they have so much belief in you and such high expectations for you and they believe so much that you are going to achieve it yeah but you are so scared not if you will achieve them but you are scared of when that moment comes will i be able to achieve it Yes, that's imposter syndrome, but that's exactly how you're supposed to feel, though. Now, <laughs> the imposter syndrome is exactly how you're supposed to feel on the road that is walked alone, on a road that is walked where nobody's walked it before. Right. So right now I'm doing something that no one from my side of the world or no one from my country has done before. And so the road that is walked where no one has walked before, this is exactly what you're supposed to feel, imposter syndrome. So when you feel it, know you're feeling something right. Yes. You're feeling something purposeful in that moment because you are doing something that no one has done. And mm -hmm. when I say no one has done, I don't mean they've achieved something that you haven't achieved or you are going to achieve something that they haven't, but they haven't done it the way you are. They haven't done it with your mindset, with your background, with you being you. Mm. So the reason we often don't accomplish something we've set out to do and we stop in the middle is because we base it on the expectations and timings of others. Yes. Not our own expectations and not our own timing. So imposter syndrome is all good and fine. You are going to feel it. The more you run away from it, the more it will run away. It, the more it would run after you. But when you start basing achievements and goals based on your timing, based on your expectations, that's when you will start achieving them with mental clarity and peace. But when you start achieving them with the expectations of your spectators or the same timing as your competitors, that's what's going to get you to give up in the middle. You know, so judge yourself based on today. One of my favorite things from our last podcast is when you said something very similar on how do you know what I'm capable of? You can tell me that I'm not going to be 
the number one podcaster in the world, but you don't know me. You're not in my brain. You don't know my grit. You don't know my resilience. You don't know my talents. You don't know how hard I'm going to push. So you can say what you want, but what's realistic for you is not realistic for me. It's the best thing you've ever said to me. And, and thank you for telling me that thing around that comment. <laughs> it's easy sometimes to forget how you can almost reject people being kind and you can almost put a downer on things. And I think you're right in that moment, instead of saying, yeah, this post that I did was amazing. I'm saying this month wasn't amazing. Exactly. And therefore I'm basing my response on my mood and my feeling in that moment, rather than being a little bit more holistic and understanding that there's so much more that that person has observed and I should appreciate them for saying it. Mm -hmm. I love you that. Appreciate yourself for putting it out there. <laughs> that's, that's just how everything is supposed to go, you know, and it all starts again, as I always say, with acceptance, you know, accept today for being today, mm -hmm. accept now for being now and let tomorrow come when tomorrow comes and, ye and let yesterday go as it's supposed to. One of the things that I, well, there's so many things I love about you. I mean, another thing I love about you is your ability to always change your perspective into a positive one. It's very rare to always see the positive in someone and something. And on one of your podcasts, I listened to something you said, and you said, um, when my dad is away, I never resented him for that because it was his role. Mm -hmm. And if you think about a superhero, they're not always there. Exactly. They're not always present. And you said, if Superman was your next door neighbor and you saw him every day, would he really be Superman? Or if he came in and saved the day and was there for you in your hardest moments or you know, was there infrequently, you'd appreciate him more. Mm -hmm. That is so rare to have that perspective because people will say, well, my dad wasn't around and therefore he doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. My mom was there every day and I could rely on her. He was unreliable, she was reliable. He was never present, she was always with me. It's a very polarized view, but you have this innate ability to always see the positive and to forgive and to love in a completely different way. How do we change our mindsets around that? Because forgiveness is a really difficult thing for some people because they're unable to change their perspective on a hard situation. Well, it's first it's because I feel like forgiveness is so difficult for others when you talk about perspective because the easier perspective is always to think about the other person when you are forgiving or the other person when you are letting go of a grudge when mm. really when you forgive you forgive for you when you let go of a grudge you let it go for you so you can move on so okay. you can do better so you can grow right so if someone does something to me and I forgive them I don't have to go back to the same way that I was with them I've learned from it and I've learned more about myself and I've learned more about them. But when I forgive them, I let go of that grudge. And when I let go of that grudge, I let go of something that was holding me down. So the more grudges you hold, the more the grudges will hold you. The more people you haven't forgiven, the more weight it will take on you. The more you will live your life with so much on your mind, losing so much sleep, but when you forgive and you let go of the grudge, so do they let go of you. But why should I let go of someone who's been horrible to me? Why should I not 
you're not make justice. See, you're n that's the perspective. That's the easier perspective to look at. And the problem with the easier perspectives that we find ourselves looking at is that they are usually the worst ones. You know, mm. the, the bad perspective of things are usually the easiest to find. That's why we only see them in the beginning. But if we keep working and looking long enough, then we start seeing the good. So you said, so why should I let go of someone or forgive someone for something they did? Correct. They, them, someone, <laughs> you know, that's not happening. You're forgiving you. You're letting go of something that has been holding you and you're letting go of a grudge that has been taking a weight on you. That's what you're doing. But they will do it again. They they can do it again a million times, but they're not going to do it to you mm. because you are not going to go back and deal with them the same way you dealt with them that led it to that situation. Yeah. And that's what I mean by trust people to be them. And so you said, but sometimes I expect something from someone yes. and they do something that hurts me. That's fine because what they have shown you so far didn't make you expect anything else. But now they've shown you something else. So now you know what to expect even more. So now you know how much of yourself to give to that person. I used to give you 100% of myself and this is what you did to me. Mm. Now I know more about you. But more importantly, I know more about me. So I will only give you 50% of myself now. 20%. Sometimes even letting go of a grudge for giving someone means letting them go completely. Yeah. That's 0% of yourself to that someone. And so that's for a fact they won't do it again. And if they keep talking about you or trying to come at you, what are you talking about or coming at me with if ever since you last hurt me, I've given you 0% of myself. Yeah. You know nothing about me. You know 0% ever since we last had a situation. So that's how you just remain calm. And that's mm. the calmness in chaos. You know, again, you learn more from those who go. But first to learn more from those who go, you have to let them go. <laughs> you know, if you keep them trapped, if you keep holding on to them, how are you supposed to learn? So how are you true. supposed to grow? So let them go and you'll, and you'll let yourself go. You know, let them walk away. And in doing so, you will walk away too. So that's just how how I look at it. You know, don't think about them and what they're doing, what they did and how they're going to do it again. Think about how you won't let that happen again. And even if it does happen again in a different situation from someone different, you grow, mm. you learn from it. But we usually just judge ourselves and we usually judge our future based on the emotions we're going through in the present. Yeah. You know, just take it day by day. Not because you are going through shocking emotions from a difficult situation in the present doesn't mean you are going through you are going to go through the same shocking emotions in the future. When you walk into the same storm twice, you don't come out the same the same way you walked in the first time. And so the second time you walk through the storm you are going to be running through. <laughs> you know, you're going to be like holding your umbrella. Nothing, nothing's so happening. True. This That's all, how it is. This all comes down to personal responsibility though. Yes, self-responsibility. Right? Yes. If you don't reflect, 
and think, how could I change that? What could be different next time? You won't change. Mm -hmm. You won't run through the storm. You'll walk through it again. Exactly. How do you keep yourself accountable? Well, like I said, again, touching on the perspective, the easiest way to avoid something is to hold someone else accountable for it. Mm. But the harder way to deal with something and to grow from it is to help is to hold yourself accountable for it. Mm -hmm. So we can go through me and someone can go through a very difficult situation. I could get betrayed. I could get into a fight with someone. I can go into a very difficult situation with someone. But the fastest and easiest way to deal with it is to hold them accountable for everything. Yeah. But I won't grow. And so it will happen to me again. And sometimes something happens in your life where it's so bad. It's so sad and it hurts so much where you don't want it to happen again. And the only way to not want it to happen again is to grow from it. Mm. And the only way you are going to grow from it, no other way, the only way you are going to grow from it is to hold yourself accountable for it mm -hmm. and to find the stuff to hold yourself accountable for it. They might have done the bigger stuff. They might have done more stuff to hold accountable, but you did something too. You need to look for it. And sometimes that's the more painful route. Yes. Sometimes that's the harder route when you are trying to look for what you did wrong to hold yourself accountable. Of But course. when you find it, you grow and you are now a better person than when it first happened to you. And now, you know, it will never happen to you again. Mm. And even if it does happen to you again, you will not go through the same thing that you went through the first time. You will not go through the same pain. Yeah. The same hurt. Even if you go through the same pain and same hurt, it won't last as long. Mm. You need to accept all of that, you know. So growing from something and letting go of something or dealing with something are two different things. One of them, you don't hold yourself accountable. And the other one, you look for something to hold yourself accountable to, even if it's small. Mm. Not because what you're holding yourself accountable for is small. Mm. doesn't mean that you won't get a big change from, from him exactly i think there's an assumption that everyone wants to be better i don't think that's true i think that exactly what you've just said you can't expect everyone to always want to be a better version of themselves mm -hmm. but there is someone you can expect that from and it's you exactly so you always have to take that accountability and find that fault that you may have done because you want to change because you want to grow not because you want them to understand. And I think it's such an internal thing of looking within at all times so that you're always becoming that best version of who you are. Mm -hmm. Zizo, I think you're going to be, I don't know, the biggest boxer, but not only the biggest boxer, I think you're going to be the next Dalai Lama, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, I always learn so much from you. You're only 23 and you're this smart. I, I, I have no idea where you're going to go, but I know it's going to be far and wide. So thank you again for coming on. No, thank you for having me. You know, thank you for giving me this opportunity and my platform. Pleasure. It's something, you know, I never dreamt of as a kid, especially coming up in the sport or coming up as a figure or mm -hmm. as someone. 
you're giving me the platform to be a superhero for real. So you are. Thank you. Thank you. For you that. are one. And I actually mean it when I say this is therapy. When I come <laughs> and talk to you, I was just saying when I come and talk to you, this is just therapy for me and therapy. I really need it because this camp has taken me <laughs> into places that it would be a fight in itself to come out of maybe. You're going to achieve so much more than you probably have dreamed because you have that resilience and that determination. And I think moreover, you're always looking to see how you can change and you can improve and you can be better. And I think that's a very rare quality. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.